of the living geek. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on the Night of the Living Geeks Network. We are going to talk about the three doctors, but before I do that, I would like to welcome in my good friend, Taylor. Taylor, how's it going? It's going pretty well, John. You know, life is just chugging along over here. How about yourself? Pretty much the same. Nothing too, um, too exciting going on over here. Besides some technical right. issues, apparently, but uh, well, you know, yeah, can't can't be good all the time, I guess. Uh, I suppose. Oh boy! So I, we'll get through it. Yes, we we will indeed. So before we get to the three doctors, we have oh boy, do we have some who news? Holy moly, do we ever? Yeah, we have um, a whole bunch here, and uh, it looks like you checked out a new television program. Would you like I to did. tell us about it? Yeah, um, so uh, apparently the uh, major networks, your ABCs, your NBCs, and your CBSs have suddenly discovered, oh, hey, time travel shows are actually kind of cool. Thanks for catching up, guys. Um, and... Um, there's one that premiered last week on NBC called Timeless. It's on uh, Mondays. So it's we're recording on a Monday this week, so it's actually on later tonight. Yeah. Um, and so I've only seen the pilot so far. And it, admittedly, it's, I'm going to call it lighter fare. Don't go into this show expecting just really hard science and, you know, technology and stuff like that. Um, there's obviously going to be quite a bit of suspension of disbelief. Um, but they're doing pretty well. And I think they're setting up a, a bit of a a season long mystery, which I can always appreciate. So, um, yeah, I'm going to keep watching it until it does something horribly stupid. And I go, oh yeah, why do I bother watching network TV? (laughs) Probably for the best. We just on, um, Bampow TV, if anybody listens to that show, we just gave Lucifer the ax Oh, did you? Yeah, we're not going to watch it anymore. <clears throat> I, I enjoyed the show. It's just everyone else was not feeling it, and I was like, you know what? I could go either way. Let's just save ourselves some time. There you go. And uh, that was a uh, Fox, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's on Fox. Fox. Okay. All right. So check it there out, guys. Check it out. Time travel. We all enjoys it. Yeah. <laughs> so the Christmas special, we got, oh, boy, uh, N- NYCC was this weekend so we got a whole bunch of uh fun and exciting news um we got big stuff just dropped on us this is so cool why don't you go ahead and read this next bit of news here oh okay all right um okay so the christmas special yes oh (laughs) in a in a wilderness year as we wander through this desert we have just been had a a canteen of water dropped in our laps yes um the christmas special will be called the return of dr mysterio oh i don't know if the doctor's first name is ray just to make the obvious wrestling (laughs) reference for you john (laughs) thank you uh, no problem. Uh, it it features a Canadian actor named Justin Chatwin. Uh, he's been seen on Orphan Black, American Gothic, and Shameless. Uh, he plays um, a superhero. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they've actually released an image of him, uh, which was, I don't know why I have trouble taking superheroes seriously. <laughs> when I see a picture of him. When it's a movie, you know, watching like, like a Marvel movie or something, whatever, yeah. I'm totally into it. When it's just a still picture, I really have trouble taking them seriously. <laughs> Did you not watch the behind the scenes thing that they did? I did. Oh, oh I you totally did. did. Okay. He, the, you saw I him did. a little bit. A little bit. In yes. That. Yeah, you do. You do. I'm talking just about the image by itself. Ah, yeah. okay. But yeah, yeah, apparently they just finished filming it uh, last, not last Friday, Friday before last, the end of September. Yeah. And so, if yeah. I remember right, John, I don't know if you remember when um, uh, they did... Uh, the folks at Doctor Who did a like a South American tour. Yeah. And I swear that Capaldi said something about Doctor Mysterio. And and maybe that's just how they say Doctor Who. It is. I believe that's how they say it down is, there. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember exactly what, but it, as soon as I saw the title, I was like, oh my God, did he drop a hint like way back? <laughs> I mean, he might have. It was, I think... A wilderness we were in the wilderness year when that happened oh, i think indeed we were <laughs> so that's pretty cool yeah yeah i'm i'm excited for it uh you know Me obviously too. it's gonna have um matt lucas it's gonna have nardole in it yes um and it looks it looks like they filmed it in the uk but it's supposed to be new york city oh they should have just gone to new york again i know right Ugh. oh well can't yeah. have everything so this next Who news we have is a Doctor Who fan has supposedly closed one of the show's biggest plot holes. Yeah. Now, I did not have time to check out this article. I will throw it up in the show notes. Definitely. But, um, I have it open right now because I tried to kind of like encapsulate it. Yes. And I probably would have made our page of notes like three pages long. Oh, so boy. I'm just like, I'm just going to read from the article it'll just be easier all right so this big plot hole which is something i've never really thought about uh until this but it seems like it's almost always the case that the doctor runs into other time lords the master most notably um chronological they he runs into them in chronological order right um and obviously you know part of that is down to production you really can't go visiting, you know, the Roger Delgado master, you know, 43 years after he passed or something. Yes. Yeah. He can't, cannot do that. <laughs> so, um, in thinking about it, a fan who goes by steam Delta, uh, suggested that the only reason that we see the time Lords, uh, and Gallifrey itself, um, in chronological order is, well, that's the way TARDISes work because they are linked to the eye of harmony. Hmm. Um, so we know that all, all TARDISes, and let's start with the idea of classic who here, cause I knew, knew who tweaks that a little bit, uh, that all TARDISes have a link to the eye of harmony. It basically is what powers them. Um, so this guy suggests that what really can't cross its own time stream is not the time Lords themselves, but the eye of harmony. So when the Doctor leaves Gallifrey and a year passes in the TARDIS, a year is also passing on Gallifrey. And if he returns, the Eye of Harmony in his TARDIS can only go to the moment of Gallifrey with which it's synced. Oh, okay. So I'm like, all right, this makes sense. And it, and obviously it will only affect, uh, you know, people who travel 
in a TARDIS. So yeah. it obviously doesn't affect River Song. It wouldn't affect uh, Jack Hartness or anyone using a time vortex manipulator. Right. Um, and so to actually take it a step further, as I scroll to it in the article, um, <laughs> what about something like the Three Doctors, where we have multi-doctor stories? Well, the it it still the idea still syncs up because the Time Lords have no knowledge of any doctor past the third doctor. Um, And so all that time frame stuff kind of syncs up. And and in the five doctors, you know, we get the doctors kind of um, uh, pulled out of the time using the the time scoop, which, you know, Mike is now using. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mike. Um, And obviously the the, in the three doctors, the, the first and second doctor are not there with their TARDISes. They are pulled out of that kind of frame of reference. Yeah. Um, and I think I was trying to dive down because I know that they work with a, an idea. Okay. Oh yes. Here we go. Sorry. I'm like scrolling real quickly cause I want to cover this. Um, so the 2013, the 50th anniversary special, the day doctor did see multiple incarnations meet yeah. by using their TARDISes. But by that point, Gallifrey was gone and the modern doctor's TARDISes weren't being fueled by the eye of harmony. So they could pull that off. Um, because the TARDIS now charges directly from the time vortex, um, and regenerative braking, kind of like how a, um, a hybrid engine works, I think. Um, (laughs) uh, so now it'll be kind of interesting to see because now that Gallifrey is back, um, yeah, yeah, I kind of, we'll see if that kind of like starts working itself into things again. But in a nutshell, there is this kind of, uh, resolution or at least suggested re- resolution of what has been a long-standing plot hole. Huh. Well, there you go. Yeah, I thought maybe, that was interesting. Um, maybe like the new intro to Doctor Who, um, the Moffat will see this and somehow incorporate it into Who lore. Uh, that would be nice. And if and if not the Moth, then Jibnall. Yes, there you go. Either one is fine. We'll take I'm whatever cool we can that. get. Now... <laughs> We talked about New York Comic Con, and there was they had the entire like BBC America panel there, and we got the first teaser and the first trailer uh, for Class, the Doctor Who spinoff, and didn't really get. I mean, we got a voiceover from Capaldi telling us like, "Hey, I'm not always there, but you guys can do stuff," basically, Mm -hmm. and very very dark. Yeah. Definitely. I, um, did you see both the teaser and the trailer, or did you just see the teaser? I think I just saw the teaser. Okay. Okay. The The full trailer itself has got more of the kids and some of the monsters and um, a, a little bit of meta moment <laughs> where they're kind of comparing the riffs to like the Hellmouth on Buffy and stuff. And Oh, that's great. Dr. Rolling his eyes at that. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I'm, I have more hope for this show than I have at any other point when I've talked about it. I'm really kind of kind of waiting to judge it and trying not to prejudge it. Right. And I feel like we had talked about that. Like mm-hmm. we we wanted to wait to see the footage before we actually <clears throat> made any, you know, jump to any conclusions about the show. And from what I've seen so far, I I'm interested. Yes. So there you I go. I think that's probably the best way to put it. I'm I'm interested. I'm intrigued enough. I will definitely watch it. And I think when we do, we'll we'll talk about it on the show here. Yes, we will for sure. 
And this last note, very, I am very excited about this, seeing as we, I have, am too. we have ventured back into Classic Who. Uh, apparently, <clears throat> we are going to get a Classic Who writer to write a story for Season 10, but Moffat hasn't told us who it is yet. Uh, very, very exciting news. I'm That's great. Yeah. I almost feel like Capaldi had a hand in that. You know, that, would, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Who do you think? Do you have any? Um, I don't know a bunch of writers off the top of my head, but oh boy, I, you know the the names that pop up in my head are ones that maybe actually didn't write the greatest episode. So I can come up with names of like who I'm kind of hoping it's not. And honestly, a lot of them I I don't know if maybe they're still alive. Yeah, or not. So I don't want to like. Hey, I think it's going to be this guy, and be like, uh, he died like eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> oh well, that would be my not. Well, either way, I think um, I think this is exciting. This is a cool thing, and yeah. I can't wait to see who it is. All right, Taylor, here we are, the main event yep. of the evening, if you will. <laughs> the three doctors, <laughs> starring William Hartnell, yeah. Patrick Troughton, and John Pertwee as the Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant. Oh, <laughs> did we say Liz yeah. Shaw was on this episode? I, in in the notes from yeah the last episode, I think I said Liz Shaw was oh. in it. Hey, well, whoops, I goofed. Sorry, oh. folks. Oh well, guys. <laughs> Spoiler: She's not. <laughs> <laughs> Liz Shaw fans, if you're looking for her, she's not in this one. I'm sorry, sorry, guys. Uh, Nicholas Courtney as the Brigadier, John Levine as Sergeant Benton, and Stephen Thorne as Omega. Omega. It was written by Bob Baker and Dave Martin and directed by Lenny Main, and it first aired December 30th, 1972, into the new year of January 20th, 1973, and we have a whole bunch of story notes. We do. Let's, um... Would you like me to dive in? I would or? love for you to. Okay. So, uh, one of, the, one of the things that we see uh, fairly early on is that 2 doesn't like how 3 has redecorated the TARDIS. Uh, <laughs> this is obviously something of a pun that's echoed throughout New Who. Uh, and it turns out the console room was only redesigned because the previous version was damaged in storage. Oh my goodness. Of course it was yeah. BBC. Yep. Nope. It wasn't a matter of like, Hey, we have a new doctor. Let's do something different. Uh, uh, look guys, we stuck it in the part of the warehouse that leaks. <laughs> and, uh, of course, of course. Um, in one of the scenes on uh, Gallifrey, uh, dialogue between a couple of the Time Lords actually firmly establishes that William Hartnell is the earliest incarnation of the Doctor. Um, I guess technically up to this point it hadn't been completely established. Wow. That's yeah. pretty uh, That's pretty nuts that they, I mean, I would, honestly, if I'm watching a show and this is the first dude I see and then I see other dudes after this that are the same person i would assume the first dude i saw was the original right and you know what that's something that we all kind of take for granted but maybe in 1972 this was big news i mean i guess so <laughs> now this next story note i flipped out when it happened so um yes right go go ahead with this one well i think we all associate jelly babies with the fourth doctor that is yes you know, part and parcel of his character. Um, but shockingly, two actually offers the Briggs some jelly babies. Yes, he does. Store. 
and I so we, was right. I was shocked. <laughs> I went, oh, yeah. I was not expecting this. <clears throat> I was waiting for another incarnation to offer him jelly babies, but we know. Apparently, no. was this the first mention? I don't know if it's the very first mention ever of jelly babies. That would be something worth looking up. When did they first get mentioned? Was this something that that Patrick Troughton had in one of his episodes, hmm. or was this, or was this it? I don't know. I guess we'll never know. No, we'll probably well, not. I mean, we I'm can not, look it up. <laughs> yeah, probably. But my tablet is really slow tonight. <laughs> Technical difficulty is not better. Yeah, it is not. It's not. We'll, we'll report in another episode. Yes. <laughs> well, the first law of time prohibits a time lord from crossing the time stream and meeting past or future incarnations of himself. Huh. Well, maybe we've actually had this already solved away here, but not surprisingly, <laughs> the High Council is willing to break this rule to suit their needs. Yes. Uh, we will more on that a little later. Yes. In the uh, in the thing here. So uh, this next in one, um, this was William Hartnell's last appearance as the Doctor and his last performance of any kind before his passing in 1975. Now, do we... I feel like at some point I was reading or it was at uh, Galley One, someone was talking about they had to film Hartnell sitting down in, it was almost like they couldn't move him out of his house or yeah, come on. Yeah, actually, that, that is accurate. When we very first see uh, the first Doctor on screen in this story, he's he's like standing in a garden. That actually was William Hartnell's actual garden at his house. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, that he was standing in. And, and yeah, in the rest of the episode, he's trapped in this kind of three-dimensional diamond thing, quote-unquote, in a time eddy. Yes. Um, and, and yes, he is sitting. Um, and as far as I understand... Um, that was all shot like at his home. Yeah. He was not doing too well towards the end there. Um, I mean, it's, it was great that he was in this. This was awesome. It just, I, I wish there was, are there any pictures of the three of them together? Oh, I could look back through some of my classic who, uh, like behind the scenes type books. They're, I'm, got a feeling there is i'm sure there is um uh but yeah yes but we'll get more we'll get more in depth to uh into hartnell's appearance here and uh why don't you go ahead and take this uh <laughs> this last note here this last this last one was this one kind of blew me away um uh this is obviously this is the first appearance of omega uh originally his name was supposed to be ohm um spelled ohm not as the meditative ohm Right. O-M. Uh, the word itself resulting from who turned upside down. <laughs> That's amazing. Isn't that great? Oh, my goodness. The brilliance that comes out of the writer's room. What should we call him? I don't know. Let's turn who upside down. What's it say? Ohm? Perfect. Ohm. Ohm. Omega. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And always, Taylor, we have a world-famous synopsis, so uh, take it away. Oh, here we go. Uh, facing an oddly shaped black hole of unimaginable behavior, the third and second doctors, along with unit and some incidental characters. Oh, and the first doctor who's trapped in a temporal tide pool face down. Omega, who has apparently taken some madness tips from Rita Repulsa and who is hell bent quote unquote on wreaking his vengeance on the time Lords. 
My goodness. So I know, right? What a romp this was. Um, <laughs> that is such a good way to describe it. It I, is a romp. I mean, it's oh boy. Uh, <laughs> there's just um, I don't even know. I don't know where to start on this. I mean, I guess if anything, uh, the first thing we see is a man with a gun. Find it, he finds a box with wires coming out of it. So naturally, and, you should touch it. Uh, well, yeah, and and what looks like a Roswell era weather balloon. Yes, a big giant silver weather balloon. <laughs> and he he touches it, and well, he he's gone now. We don't. He's yeah, just, he's just gone. He gets zapped, and. Oh, man, <laughs> I just—it's funny because I'm—I'm I'm looking at my notes now, and most of them are just reactionary. Oh, you took notes like I do. Yeah. So basically, what happens is this man go—he's the doctor. What is his name? Not the doctor. The other doctor. No, I think it's Doctor Tyler. Doctor Tyler. I believe he goes to retrieve this this thing. Yes, in a very long scene where he's driving a Land Rover. Yes, and he he grabs it and he goes back to Unit and he's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on, so I thought I'd come to Unit and figure out stuff. And the Brig is just he's very salty this entire time. Just, <laughs> he does salty well. Yes, he is um peak saltness in this one. He's like, No, just go ahead, do all your research in our secret facility. That's fine. Well, and it turns out that this box is actually used for high-altitude cosmic ray monitoring <laughs> um, and apparently can also produce its own uh, X-ray images, which <laughs> I'm assuming those are X-ray images and not somebody's intestines. I, it was I, unclear at first. I'm going to assume they were X-ray images. That's what I wrote down. And okay. it produces... It's so funny because... The brig is just like I don't know what you're talking about. Just tell ask tell this guy, tell the doctor. Yes. He'll figure yes. it out, I guess. And he's like, and "Look there, at this image." And he's like, "Well, right. it's just it's just kind of gray." And he's like, "Look at this image. Oh, this one's more black. That's not good." <laughs> exactly. And at one point, th- there are multiple uh, spots throughout this entire story where the humor is just really kind of subtle. And just under the surface. And there's a point where, you know, everything is sounding very scientific and the doctor asks for something. And <laughs> yes, there's this close up of it's handed from like, you know, Dr. Tyler to Joe to the brig to the doctor. And then and, and it's just in close and tight, as you can just see it being handed, handed, handed. Oh, I'm just going to use this to stir my tea. Yes, I believe what happens is the brig says, well, is there anything I can do to help? And then he yes, says, yes, give exactly me that. It. What is it? What is it? Um, a, uh, I can't remember what he called it. It actually kind of looked like those things that the... Um, the doozers had. <laughs> yeah, they totally look like doozer sticks. Yes. And he just uses it to stir his uh, his tea. And they could have on- honestly just played a womp, womp, womp so- sound over it. Especially the look on the Brigadier's face. Yes. He just does like this eye roll. <laughs> I'm like, that is pure perfection right there. So I, I believe they go because um, the man at the beginning has gone missing. Yes. And it's Mr. Aulis, I believe is his name. Correct. That is Mr. Aulis. And he is an unfortunate looking man. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and they go looking for him, so they leave the doctor to do his research, and he disappears after he, does. He, he opens he opens the box, right? He does, and out comes what I've termed video goop. <laughs> now, okay, let's talk about the video goop. This okay. This aired in seventy two and seventy three, right? Correct. I I wonder. I want to see some other graphics that were going on in seventy two and seventy three because I I feel like when we first started reviewing Classic Who I was like oh my goodness these are so bad but as time has gone on I I have told myself this was the seventies this was like um yep. not a million years ago but it was a long time ago technology wise it was. And I I almost want to know how they made the video goop because it was like a weird purple, pink, blue, black kind of thing. Yeah. I you know what? And I, I wish I actually knew a little bit more of the behind the scenes how they created it. I mean, I know kind of some generalities. Obviously this was done with a blue screen. Yes. Right? They didn't have green screen technology, it was blue screen. Um and it's the kind of thing where whatever they did use, I mean, it could have been a crumpled up tarp for yes, all I know. Yes. Um, the, the, the video goop, we'll call it, is, you know, an image laid over the image that they're filming. Right. So obviously the actors are reacting to the floor, a blank floor. <laughs> yes. And having to pretend that something is there. Um, which is why sometimes you'll see like the video goop move, but the room stays still. Yes. <laughs> that kind of stuff. But the overlay image, the video goop, they can filter that through any number of, um, I don't know if it's algorithms or uh, filters, basically. But but imagine taking a picture and throwing like 16 different Instagram filters on it. So it looks just completely weird. Or completely awesome. Over- or completely awesome, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, you know, laying that onto the existing footage. So I'm lot, sure I'm missing some some spots. Here, a lot of work. A, yes, a whole lot of work, and we salute them because we Absolutely. probably know that they were told you can spend five dollars on this or five pounds, <laughs> whatever that means. You can do this on your lunch break. Yes. So. <laughs> The music throughout this entire serial is just so uh-huh. synthastic. It is completely great. And I forgot about Bessie. Yes. I forgot we are in the part of the doctor's uh, story where he doesn't remember how to fix his TARDIS. Mm-hmm. Because when he was, he was forcefully regenerated from two to three. Yep. And that information was wiped from his mind, and then he became color as well. Um, right. <laughs> so just a lot of things were happening. <laughs> and so they can't find this dude. We see the sonic screwdriver making basically radiation noises. Yes, it's, it's playing the part of a Geiger counter this week. Yes. And we go, I think we're heading back towards unit. Oh, and we see the... the um, the video goop thing, like, go down the drain, basically. Yes, and it also swallows Bessie. Yes, it comes out of the drain, and I believe the doctor screams, it is a powerful organism thing, and I laughed and laughed. <laughs> well, and we also get probably our 
favorite thing the doctor ever says other than reversing the player to the neutron flow run yes when i say run run exactly and the bessie is sucked up we don't know where and then we get um (laughs) the weirdest monster of all i don't even know what to call them i you know hang on but before we dive into these monsters because (laughs) they are mighty special I have a yes. question for you, John. All right, I'm ready. Uh, between Three's cape and Joe Grant's coat, which is kind of furry. Right. Which Blue do you think was thing. crazier? Which do I think was crazier? Yeah. I feel like Joe could have used better color layering because it was everything matched and was the same shade of blue. Which was yeah. crazier? I think the doctor's coat. You think so? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, yeah, my. So we at least figure out that the video goop is after the doctor, and then my note turns into all caps: WTF blobs crying from laughter emoji, <gasps> light up claws, and that no- noise they made. It was something oh, like that. Yes, the only sound effect like they made. And then they made like. It, they were almost, it almost looked like they were rejected Mighty Morphin Power Ranger goons. Thank you. <laughs> Did you have I, that written down? I had, I had something like that written down. Obviously, I made the Rita Repulsa yes, reference yes. earlier. Um, but yes, there is something very. Wow. Yeah, there is something very Mighty Morphin Power Ranger bad guy. Yeah, about this whole thing. He has a yes. um a base. Well, I mean, we'll get to Omega soon enough. Yes. Um but it almost felt like these <sighs> these crab they almost looked like horribly, you know, like um glass blowers. Yes. It almost looked like somebody was like trying to make something and went, "Ah, forget it." I, you know, <laughs> I'll 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 say it now and I'll probably say it later, but I do have to wonder how many uh, 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 Christmas shops had to die. <laughs> yes, to create these characters because once you kind of get into Omega's lair, it just looks oh, like yeah. glass ball ornaments everywhere. It almost looks like these monsters came from the walls. Yes, which is very interesting. But uh, yeah, that they had is these. A very good way of putting it. They had the giant crab arms that would like make a an anime noise, and then they'd shoot explosions. <laughs> it was well, pretty crazy. <laughs> Very crazy, and I'm going to say this at this right now. If they're making anime noises, probably better claws than tentacles. But we're not going to go there tonight. Oh no, we're we're definitely not. We will leave that for Super Segoy Cast, Hi, guys. <laughs> Whenever they decide to come back, yeah, <laughs> hopefully soon. So Nudge. we all decide we need to go into the TARDIS because that is the only place we are safe. And here we go. Apparently, no one has been inside the TARDIS up until this point. Yeah. And poor Benton, first time in the TARDIS. Uh, I always love TARDIS first times. Yeah, they're the best. And we even <laughs> get the old, aren't you going to say it's bigger on the inside? And I can't even remember what he said, but he did not say that. Um, no, he's clearly a bit flabbergasted. Yes. And we see Gallifrey. We are on Gallifrey, and we get a bunch of Gallifreyan uh, stick in the muds basically <laughs> well first the doctor pulls like the gallifrey sos lever oh yes that's how they know what's going on but i think they right. already are well aware that there's this um little hole that somebody cut 
in space with a beam coming out of it. <laughs> exactly. And it's not it's not what I imagined a black hole would look like. It's more of a black splotch. <laughs> yeah, you almost feel like they could have used some of the uh effects of the the little video goop but just made it all black. Yes. That would have been cool. Right. So that they, would have been better. They basically say I think it's antimatter is coming through, right? Right. That's what the uh the the video goop is. It's like yes. a transportation device. I don't think we actually find that out until the the end here, but we don't find that out until later and and somehow everything is traveling on this light beam. Yes. And they're coming out of the black hole. I believe Gallifrey's just power source is just getting all screwed up. Yep. And they're like, the doctor's all, you know, it, we can't send anybody to help him. And then one of them's like, what if we send himself to help him? And it's it's the the craziest conversation ever because it's like, you can't do this. It'll screw up everything. It's against the first law of time. And the other guy goes, but I must. And then the other guy's like, all right, fine, I guess, whatever. <laughs> like he rolls we, we, over real easy. Oh, he does. He does. And we, we definitely get a bit of a... Uh, uh, Time Lord info dump. Yes. Here, oh my goodness. Like, oh, let's let's flesh out some stuff about Gallifrey and the Time Lords and what they can do and this and that and the other thing. So that was always kind of neat to see that established finally. And they go, all right, let's look at the incarnation before. You know, the one that we wiped his, you know, his knowledge of the TARDIS and forced him to regenerate. Let's look at that guy. And let's pluck him out of the timeline, and they throw Patrick Troughton into the TARDIS, unsuspecting yep. to everyone, with the recorder. Point. Yeah, he just pops in, and apparently has all the information he ever needs on what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Benton is very excited to see the Doctor. This well, Doctor, yeah, at least. I didn't, I didn't even really realize that the Doctor had met Unit in his second incarnation. Yeah, that I believe was the first time he had met them, and I feel like he met Benton before he met Brigadier, I feel. And it was like yeah. maybe one or two stories. Okay. So like this was, like Unit was in it in the third Doctor, but like they are a main part. They're in like every episode. But exactly. in... In previous, I think it was like one or maybe two. Okay. Um, I like how we're trying to figure out what exactly is going on, and we get a Beatles reference, which is always great. Right. Yes. We I, also get the redecorated comment. Yes. Um. Just um. I okay. The other thing. So there. He's like, well, all right. What's going on? And they there's this TV in the TARDIS, and <laughs> they're looking at it, but nothing's on it. <laughs> and that happens like two times I think in this episode where they're just not they're not seeing anything well I think if I remember right the TARDIS obviously is being besieged by the video goop um, and and I think what you actually do see on the screen is this kind of like almost like this flash but it it's not it, it, there's not a lot of contrast no so it doesn't really look like there's much on the screen. And I know a few times where they've got a nice close-up of that screen. And the screen goes dark. Yes. And they haven't cut away from it yet. <laughs> yes. You can see absolutely everything on the set being reflected in that screen. <laughs> yeah, like not, it's everything. I can yes. see everything. So th 
I believe this is the first time, and I believe you made a little video of this. This is the first time we <laughs> see the uh, the the Time Lord mind meld, as I will call it, or as I called it. Whoa, blinky doctor faces! Oh my goodness! Like there needs to be a warning. It does. <laughs> that was that was hard to watch. I was like, this is going very fast, and I there's it's weird. Uh huh. And that's basically how they. Commune. Just talk out loud. I don't. I don't know. Right. So because I love. I love listening to multiple doctors interact with each other. Their banter is always the best. Yes, it is, and it's just like, all right, look, get me up to speed. <laughs> contact, and then weird noise and flashy I faces. Know. When they say contact, I'm like, what are you starting a plane? <laughs> Apparently, so they get all the information, and they, as doctors tend to do, argue about what to do yep and the uh gallifrey's watching them and they're like oh my god are you serious really like mm-hmm. we don't have time for this can we go back one more what's he doing hanging out in the garden just bring him on on yep. board too so i guess the what the story goes is that they try to bring in the first doctor but they are running low on energy so he's stuck in a what did they, a time eddy a time eddy, not a time yeti a time eddy. No, do we need to explain what an eddy is? Yeah, you might as well because I was okay. just like he's in a thing. I don't know. Right, yeah, he's he's in a glass case of emotion. Um, yes, and an eddy is if you uh, picture let's say a creek flowing and you're looking at it from the top down. Right, but the sides of the creek are not, you know, perfectly straight line. This isn't a canal, obviously. Right. Um, so there are going to be spots where the flow of water, or in this case, we can say the flow of time, um, kind of gets trapped in a little, like I don't know, not culvert. That's not the word I'm thinking of, but just you know, a little, a little crescent shape on one side of the bank, and the water will just kind of sit there and spin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's trapped in one of those. He's but just chilling. time, not water. But just time, yeah. There's no no water anywhere, yeah. apparently. So yeah. he says, and if you listen to, this is where it gets complicated when we go into our yeah. segment about the doctor costumes. There is a clip yes. from, from this where he says, oh, it's my replacements, the dandy and the clown. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It's very funny. I love their reaction. They're like, "Oh, it's you." And he like it this almost reminded me of like part of like a Disney ride where a character appears and then just kind of disappears and then comes back later in the ride. Uh-huh. It's just very strange. I can see that. Um and Hartnell's like, "What are you guys doing? Like this is dumb. Please stop being dumb. Why are you me?" And he's just very upset. He's just very upset about everything. And I feel, do not do they mind meld at this point? Or does he just say, just turn off the shield or something? Yeah, not you don't get all three of them. Mind That's, later on. That's later That's on. That's later. That's later. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then... Three decides, yeah, that's right. I got to throw off the shields and run out there because the only way to solve this is to get eaten by the video goop. And Joe, exactly. Joe follows, and they both get eaten yes. by the video goop. And it's like, it's oh that. boy, here we go. Yep. And that is the end of part one, basically. And that was only part one. <laughs>
That was that was a long part one. My notes get a little. I think at one point I realized not a lot is actually happening here. Uh, yes. <laughs> Again, mostly reactions, and strangely enough, my part three probably the shortest amount of notes. Oh, look at that! Actually, I took a I decent why amount. Why that is? That's so weird. I don't know. Maybe we start off strong, and then by part three, we're like, all right, we gotta settle down on the note taking here. Maybe. So we get the first meetup of, well, not the first, the reunion of the Brigadier and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is just, apparently the doctor has just not clued them in on anything. Like, right. do they even think he's, they have to know he's like an alien, right? I <laughs> Like, it's so I, confusing. I would like to think so. Because I, I have watched Spearhead in Space is the first Pertwee story, Yes. Yes. I've watched that. It's been a while since I watched it, but I don't recall what, if 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 they are like, oh, you're an alien. I, I can't remember. I know the two heart thing comes up. Okay. But I can't. So they, they obviously, they, they know something's up, even yeah. if it's not outwardly stated. But apparently they haven't been in the TARDIS until nope. until this episode. Exactly. And yeah. I love that the brig thinks that the doctor built all that with unit funds. Oh, yes. Of course. That was hilarious. Yeah. So brig gets brought into the TARDIS because I believe, oh, there was, there was a really good, there was a good burn. Oh, Troughton. Because they're talking about the, the goop and how he wants to like feed it stuff to maybe like overload it. Yes. And he says, I want to feed it with useless information. I wonder if I have a television handy. Exactly. Sweet burn. Television show. (laughs) TV will rot your brain. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah. And I I think, you know, two is actually trying to keep the video goop at bay and he builds something. He builds this thing. And then (laughs) Benton is like standing guard. He really, he wants to like chuck a grenade at it or something. Yes. He's like, we need to blow this thing up because that's what we do. And he's sitting there and he like pulls out a piece of gum, eats the gum, crumples up the wrapper, and I swear it looks like he throws the wrapper just onto the video goop. That's what I, I figured he did. I almost <laughs> wish that when we, we find out that I love that Joe asks three if they're dead, which <laughs> I just. Oh, yeah, because we get to see them in the. Yeah, antimatter they, universe. Yes, they are in the antimatter universe. It would have been funny if the rapper had landed on one of their heads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have been great. And I love that the antimatter universe. It literally, like, when they show it, it's again filmed in a rock quarry because apparently all they do in England is <laughs> mine the land. Um, <laughs> yeah, love you, England. Um, and you know, here's like, oh, here's a computer. Here's part of the lab. <laughs> That completely got transported over here. Oh, there's Bessie, which shouldn't have dust all over the tires because it just got transported. Very true. But the tires totally look like they've been driven on. Would one hmm. of the blobs do it? Maybe. Probably Took it for not. a joyride and then sparked it. Who's tuning it through the dirt? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, she. It's it. It is interesting that she's like, "Are we dead? We're totally dead. This is the afterlife. Oh God. This is the end." And he's like, no, we're not dead. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I, I feel, oh, the Brig, he, yes, as we said, he gains access to the TARDIS, and that's when he is offered Jelly Babies, and I lost my mind. Yeah. So we, I'm totally craving Jelly Babies now. God dang it. Uh, I know. I need some. <sighs> I haven't had some in a yep. while. I remember when, 
There was one time I was like, oh boy, Doctor Who's premiering. I'm going to buy some Jelly Babies. And I tried to like, I didn't try to. I just was eating them throughout the entire episode. And by the end, I was like, oh man, I feel really sick now. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I can see that. I try I to stick to the Jammy Dodgers now. Uh, fair enough. If you can't find Jammy Dodgers, people, go to, I believe it's um not Cost Plus. Is it Cost Plus World Market? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go to Cost Plus. I think, I, honestly, I think they've got Jelly Babies, too. They might, but I know for a fact they have um, Jammy Dodgers. Okay. I, I go there sure. every once in a while and load yeah. up. They're good with coffee. <laughs> Off the shelves. Anyway. Yes. So back in Antimatter land, uh, Three and Joe are walking around, you know, trying to get lay of the land. They they find Bessie, obviously, as we talked about. And then they find, mm-hmm. they find Dr. Tyler just... Hanging out, doing equations. In the dirt. In the dirt. He's just like, uh, this is strange. I should probably try to figure out what is going on. Yep. And it, it's great because it. I can't remember if it's something that 2 says or something that 3 says. Um, but it, it it's like they just pluck the line out of New Who. They describe it as an anomaly in an impossibility. Yes. It definitely. And I'm like, e- I've heard that line before. <laughs> Yes, and I've also heard when they describe the goop as powerful organism thing, and just adding thing or stuff to the end of anything is a modern who staple. Precisely. Yes, it absolutely is, and and it's at this point in my notes where I have oh the blobs are like something out of a bad Power Rangers episode. See? Yes, it's it's all it like they could have borrowed this footage from Doctor Who in their new episodes and it would have fit just perfectly. Well, yeah, and and when the, there's a point where Dr. Tyler and the Doctor and Joe are all kind of surrounded and, and the blobs are kind of up. They've got the high ground. Yes. Basically, and and they're they're shooting their light-up claws at them. <laughs> and the way that the explosions go off. Yeah. Down on the ground, even that reminded me of something like exploding in a bad Power Rangers episode, which is funny because I've never watched a full episode of a Power Rangers. <laughs> you don't really I have to. They're all the same. I Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. That is so funny because I was thinking the same thing. But the other thing I was thinking is, man, they used a lot of pyrotechnics in this. Yeah. They used a whole bunch. They sure do. <laughs> they sure do. And it's fun. Oh, yes, definitely. So the... um. Whatever they're called. Did they actually get a name, these monsters? I don't think so. I don't think they don't ever think get a proper do. name. I, we can just call them Blobs. The Blobs, yes. The Blobs capture Dr. Tyler, Joe, and Three, and they bring them into like the side of this cave. Yes. Which is just also like crazy. I was having such deja vu because I think in, and this is just way out of left field, in the um, Star Wars The Old Republic video game the mmorpg okay. i believe there is something that looks very like a land that looks very similar to that and actually has a giant door in the side of it like that oh that's funny i know that is just way out of left field but hey it's it's 1970s doctor who most of it was left field very true so they all get inside and dr tyler's like i'm going to make a run for it and 3 is telling him, dude, what? No, I want to get, I want to see who, what is going on. I need to figure this out for, you know, right. the universe and stuff. And he's like, nah, see ya. And he runs away and then just, 
he gets lost and he comes back and nothing happens. Right. Completely just filler. That's and uh, this is <laughs> go ahead. This is also the point where I've got the note. Think of all the Christmas shops that died for this set. Yeah, it was I mean, I'm sure they used some camera tricks to make it look actually bigger than it was. Mm-hmm. But it was a everything looked the same, and it was a crazy yes, and it was a crazy maze. Mm-hmm. But he makes his way back, and they're like, "Well, I guess we're captured now." And then <laughs> I believe a wild heart back in unit headquarters. We're trapped in the TARDIS again because yep. you know why not. Um, a wild Hartnell appears and says, you fool, turn off the force field. And Troughton goes, oh, yes, I should do that. And he turns off the force field and everything <laughs> disappears. Like first the TARDIS, I think the TARDIS and the room first. Yeah. And then the entire building disappears. All of unit HQ. And then I believe the, the episode ends on the, a zoom in on one of the unit soldiers' faces, and I just lost it. I was crying. Yes, exactly. It's that, and then it actually, I think it cuts to like a cutout of the picture of Unit HQ traveling toward the black hole. Yes, um, I think that's what actually ends the episode. But yes, I know the scene you're talking about with the with the soldier going what? Yeah, <clears throat> very good. So that ends part two, and part three, we finally meet. Omega or Omega or, or or as my note says, hello, Omega, hello, Omega, <laughs> like uh, it's Omega. Okay, everyone, yeah, pronounce it correctly. The, the British pronounce things funny, like aluminium. They like saying all the letters. We we don't we don't have time for that in America. Omega. So, what do we think of the uh, design of Omega here? I, I I honestly I love it. I dig it. I think it looks I pretty cool. Totally dig it. I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm very on board with it. Um, I feel like just the character of Omega is, it's just like, and action. And then he did it and the director was like, no, I need you to act more. And that, yeah. that's, that was his direction, act more. There is there's a bit of an over-the-top madness. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Like, especially Dude. towards the end. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, I say especially towards the end, but it's like we hit the ground running with this. Mm-hmm. It is insanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get some, obviously, with him, you know, kind of being the engineer that created uh, uh, the black hole that powers everything, the, the, the Eye of Harmony and all that. We get some more Gallifrey info dump. We kind of get some more backstory on the yeah. Time Lords. So he is basically, he is one of the, I think he was like palling around with Rassilon or something like that is how the story goes. Memory serves, yeah. And he was like, I'll, you know, I'll do this thing for us because, you know, I'm a good dude. And then the Time Lords were like, LOL, never mind. And just left him, (laughs) they got the power and left him in this antimatter universe. They're well, like, they well, he was trapped well, there. They couldn't go and get for, him. Well, yeah, but for what it's worth, they thought he died in it. Yes, I believe. Yeah, that's how it went. They thought he died, and he's like, "No, I didn't die." <laughs> John, do you think that if if Omega were to be, I, I don't know, brought back in some way, you know, it's 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 new who, it's it's more modern. There's 
we've got all the trappings of technology around. Do you think he'd be called Ermagerd? <laughs> Ermagerd. It's Ermagerd. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think he would. I think this would be an awesome character to bring back. I know that he's in one more serial, which I was going to pick for us to watch next, but I decided against it. Yeah. Well, and obviously he's referenced in Remembrance of the Daleks. Yes, he is. He's referenced. Um, I think it'd be cool to bring him back, maybe modernize him a little bit, have me do the voice because I did such a good job just now. Well, yeah. I mean, e- either that or if we <laughs> needed to bring back Perry and somehow she couldn't talk, you know, you could just do Oh, I could do that. her voice too. Or I think that's, was it three weeks now straight I've mentioned that? <laughs> yes, Perfect. It's isn't her isn't it her birthday today? It is. It is actually her birthday today. I saw that in one of the uh, Doctor Who pages that I follow on Facebook. So I made sure to share that out on our podcast page. So it's a happy birthday, Nicola Bryant. Yeah, happy birthday indeed. So, <laughs> uh, so Omega, I really enjoy it. I like the design of the character. Um, yes, just like almost like very Phantom of the Opera ish. Uh, you know, that's a good way of putting it. I didn't even think about that until, like, right, it's, like, very just... I, I was expecting him to just start breaking in the song about how sad he was. Oh, wow. how How alone. Yeah. Alone he was. Anyway, so <laughs> we get all that backstory about... And the, I, I believe 3 is just like, oh, man, you're Omega. I have your baseball card. You're a hero. And he's like, I'm not a hero. I want to be a god. There's that there's that time lord madness. And what? <laughs> we just get a lot of a lot of uh overacting going on. I have a note here that Troughton is being such a troll to Brig. Um oh god, is he ever he's just trolling him like real, real hard. <laughs> and he just doesn't understand that there can be like it's oh wait, no, that <laughs> Most of these notes from now on are just quotes that Omega said. Two time lords. <laughs> and jeez. <clears throat> My goodness. Yes. And I feel like they explain the entire plot of what has been going on in about two minutes. <laughs> they do it pretty quickly. At yeah. one point they're like, by the way, just in case, you know, you weren't paying attention, here's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> here's two minutes. Here you go. And I feel like three is kind of doubting himself. And I feel like we all get, we're all together at one point here where we have the two time Lords, the Brig, Joe, um, Dr. Tyler, Dr. Tyler, um, Aulis. Is it Aulis? Aulis. Uh, yes. We have Aulis, the, the whole game. Aulis basically. Yes. He find him. He finds him and says, you are now under my command. And Aulis is like, yep. All right, whatever. I just touched a thing, and now I'm here. I'm kind of upset about it. <laughs> and I have my gun. Yeah, there, there does. There comes a point, I think, where they're all together. They're all trapped. They're all basically in a room. Yeah. And there's no doors. Or there's no doors that There's they can... no windows and no doors. That's from, um, and you know, it's from, uh, from oh, the Haunted Mansion. Oh, 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 yeah. Sorry, you're far more into Disney than I am. <laughs> My bad. No, no, no. Not a bad. I just, <laughs> it was Disney or Looney Tunes growing up. I took the Looney Tunes bath. Hey, Looney Tunes is great. I loved Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner. Those are my favorite cartoons. Exactly. Those were the best. Meep, meep. 
<laughs> so we we get the contact effect again, which is oh boy. Yes. I don't this is More not the crazy. last time we get it either. I feel like we get it three times. Ooh. We we actually over the course of four stories we get it four times. Oh, that's too many. But not in part two. That's too too many. That's yeah. three too many. That's yeah, but again, this was what I did. You know, you set it to a a rising pulsating EDM beat, and it actually works really well. Yes, very, very true. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. It, it worked out very nicely. <laughs> Thank you. It it took a little bit to engineer, but it was fun. I believe at one point we're we're all hanging out together, and the two doctors are like, "I don't know what to do." And Joe's like, "Hey, he brought you here for a reason. That thing was after you. He brought you here for something. Go find out what it is, and then get us out of here." So they say, all yes. right, stay here. <laughs> and nobody and stays. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is what always happens. And they, they oh, because, oh. oh, they make the door. They make the door. Right. Uh, <laughs> they make the door with the power of their combined thinking power. They yes. willed it into it, it, existence. Exactly. Everything is there because Omega willed it into existence. Well, why the heck can't you guys do the same thing? Exactly. I probably would have just willed like a sandwich because I'd have gone for pizza, but yeah, yeah I think that would have been cool. There you go. So <laughs> they go back into Omega's like little, I don't know, main part of his base and he sees them and I believe he goes, what? And it's just <laughs> like, this guy is great. He just... Well, yeah, because they, they, they go in to find, uh, oh, what was it, the, the singularity chamber. Oh, yes. Which I think is just a giant humidifier. Yeah, it looked like it. He must have some really bad, like, hay fever or something. Uh, I tell you, that <laughs> antimatter hay fever. Yep. It is, it is deadly. You hear how stuffy I am and the coughing and the sniffing? On? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Antimatter hay fever. Now, here comes... Without a doubt, <laughs> my favorite part of, I think, this this entire serial, parts one through four. And he says, all right, you want to make stuff with your mind? Now you must fight the dark side of my mind. And I'm like, I feel like yeah. your entire mind is dark. I think so. And uh, apparently the dark side of Omega's mind contains Gollum. I kind of thought that was Darth Vader with his mask on. Oh, even better. Maybe, you know what? Maybe that's what Omega looked like towards the end. I That's kind of what I took it to be. Like, after Omega survived basically creating, destroying the star, yeah. and creating a black hole, I it probably messed him up pretty good. Yeah, and I've got a feeling that's probably what he looked like. Yeah, because why else would he be wearing this mask if he was, you know, just a dude? He's bored and had some crack time. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Oh yeah, he has plenty of time. He's by himself. Right. Look at this sweet helmet I made. Check it out. It's tall. Next I week for my mouth. on Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. 
yes. So everyone is just <laughs> running around. They're like, we got to get out of here. Apparently, um, Perry was there. Doctor, we got to get out of here. And they all run out of the cave, and the, there's just explosions just happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we get slow motion karate fight, which is just like tops. That's what we need. It's completely our slow-mo Venusian Aikido. It is absolutely insane what is happening. Yeah. And, and the episode ends, and, and, and he, the doctor is stuck in a headlock, and I've cut the note, don't tap out, doctor. Don't tap out, doctor. You're near the ropes. Just grab right. the ropes. So that's how part three ends, and part four is just... It's, Holy um, moly. It is bonkers, as we've said many a time about Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um. I I wrote Omega thinks very highly of himself, and it sounds like he wrote lyrics for Dashboard Confessional. <laughs> uh, I believe that's he's just saying like you know how great he is, but nobody cares, or something like that. You know, I yeah, I, I can kind of see that. I got caught on a little bit more of a topical thing because multiple times I go, oh my gosh, Omega is great at shouting. And at one point, I think, I think again, two is trying to troll him. Yes. And, uh, you know, three's being like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, his temper is his weakness. And I'm like, oh my God, Omega is Trump. Hashtag Omega 2016. Yes. I would vote for Omega. Because let's, let, let's be honest. I would take Omega over Trump. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm just going to say that right now. I would for sure. <clears throat> Let's have our political moment and move on from it. All right. Hashtag there we go. Omega 2016. There you go. So he wants, and th- we don't do this on purpose, folks. I'm just going to say that out loud right now. He wants the doctors to take his place, and he wants to get out. plot from last week. And it is literally <laughs> the same plot from the Mind Robbers, mm-hmm. which is insane that this keeps happening to us. I I don't know. There there are more bizarre synchronicities that we have on this show than like conspiracy nuts have in their wildest imaginations. It's true, confirmed. <laughs> Confirmation true. confirmed. I like that. So he's like, "All right," and they're like, "Fine, we'll just you know, we'll we'll fine, we'll do what you want. Just let our friends go." And they go like one by one through this like through the uh, humidifier. In which oh is just God. like, and Benton's like, Brigadier, and he's like, Benton, and he's like, fine, and he leaves. Well, and here's what I find really interesting is the singularity, right? right? The, the, the center of, of this black hole makes a twinkly sound. Yes, it makes a magic Who sound. Who knew? <laughs> Science has yet to figure this out. Black holes make twinkly sound. It's great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like there's a a Greek tragedy. I always screw up when I say that. I feel like there's a Greek tragedy somewhere in Omega's story. Oh, definitely. I just, looking at him and his shouting and just the look of him, he kind of looks like something out of a Greek tragedy. (laughs) Yes, definitely. A scarred person. And we find out, because he's like, help me remove this mask, because I don't need it anymore. And they go to remove his mask, and they're like, Oh my, oh, and I'm like, oh man, he must look really messed up. This is going to be great. No, he's literally, he is gone. There is, the only thing that is holding Omega together is his will to be 
or not to be that is the question precisely and omega would like to be so he looks in the mirror and he's like no and and i believe this at this point both of the doctors are just they're running away just about yeah and oh my let you know what you know how like some doctors it's like oh i just couldn't i couldn't run anymore like there's so much running and mm-hmm. you know my knees were all screwed up my body just hurts from being the doctor let me tell you patrick troughton was booking it oh my god <laughs> he was tra- ever. he was traveling at light speeds and i was mm-hmm. like i love you patrick troughton you were oh, the man left soul seriously his his gait when he runs Oh my goodness! It's very strange. His legs are—they're like sideways. They're like—it's cartoony. Almost, it is. But he's like but, yeah. traveling at very fast speeds. It's nuts. Totally. It completely is nuts. The best. I love Patrick Trouton. So we get the um the contact thing again with all three at this point. Yes, Blinky Doctor heads again. And actually, I jumped ahead. This is where we find, like, I have the note, Omega, stay and chill with me forever. <laughs> so I believe this is when they make the um, the wacky device. Oh, because they go back, they bring the TARDIS to him, I feel. Yes. And yes, they, make, they move the TARDIS into his lair. Into his lair. And they make this, they're like, look, we made you a present. And he's like, what is this? I don't want this. They're like, no, it'll be cool. Just take it. And he and it was at this point that I kind of realized that we could not see it. We couldn't see Omega because of the antimatter had like completely gotten rid of him. We we couldn't see Omega in his suit because Plankton from SpongeBob SquarePants was inside <laughs> of there. <laughs> he sounded so much like Plankton from SpongeBob. Oh, God help me, you're so right. That I it was just if they need somebody to voice that person, if they ever bring Omega back, there you go. I found your person. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Just like it, 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 Dead uh, Yep, yep. I totally agree. And it's worth pointing out story wise, um for probably the better part of two episodes two has been looking for his recorder rather yes to the point of annoying the crap out of me like dude it's it's flipping recorder just stop stop it already and to the other people that were you know in danger well yeah them too um and they've two and three have kind of concocted a way of like Hey, Omega, we figured out a way to give you form again. Here's the force field generator from the TARDIS. And I got a little lost here because it's got the recorder sitting in the middle of it. Yes. And I feel like once he, uh, I, I swear Omega yanks the recorder out of it and like all of a sudden just boink, you know, he's, he's gone He's destroyed, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, and it just happened so suddenly. I wasn't sure if I just like blinked and missed something, or I fell asleep. I don't think I did because it was a pretty bonkers episode. Um, but they they actually <laughs> finally explained that the only thing in the antimatter universe that hadn't been like tweaked to exist in the antimatter universe was the recorder because it was stuck in the middle of the force field uh... generator, which was a brightly colored part of the TARDIS, I have to say. Yes, it was. <laughs> Very much so. 
So we, you know, everything's fine. Omega's kind of they gave him his freedom technically, even though you know he's what? Yeah, he's dead it's now. Really all, all I can get. I and, thought it was hilarious that when everything returns, like everybody jumps. Yes. We all landed. Everything's back. (laughs) And the Time Lords are like, man, that kind of sucks that he died. But I mean, we've we got power now again, so that's cool. Oh well. Yeah, I'll learn back on. And they're like, all right, let's start sending people back to their, you know, to their timelines. So we send um, Hartnell back, and we send Troughton back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe Mr. Aulis just lands in the field where he was, and he's like, "Huh, all right," and then just starts walking back home. Yep. And um, as a thank you, the Time Lords or the I'm sorry, uh, the Gallifrey and High Council give three. They give him back the piece he was missing of his. What what was it that he was missing? Oh. Part of the TARDIS that was missing. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. And um, then he says, oh, all that memory that I was, you know, lost to me is now returning, and I know how to fix the TARDIS so I can, you know, travel and stuff. It's the dematerialization circuit. Yes, there you go. And he goes, oh, I, all that information is back. And the end of this episode is, I don't know what it is about the episodes we choose. They just always end in the funniest ways. Yeah. And this episode ends with Mr. Aulis and his wife had, you know, been looking for him and she's like, he hasn't come home and all this stuff. And he walks up and she's like, where have you been? The The military has been looking for you and you didn't come home for dinner and he, uh, all this stuff. And he's like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, totally. And I'm like, Aulis, you grumpy old coot. And yeah, he basically just wraps it all up. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. And that's how this uh, ended. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Oh, yeah. It, it was fun. Like you said, it's a romp. Yes, indeed a romp. I enjoyed the interactions we had. I wish that, you know, Hartnell had been in better health or they had maybe chose to have them go to him for like a mm-hmm. scene. Like they mm-hmm. could travel to him, but he couldn't travel out. I think that would have been cool just to have all three of them on screen at the same time. I mean, technically they were, yeah, totally. but you know what I mean. But besides that, fun fun stuff. Uh, I believe this is the very first like of its kind with all three of them together, yes? Yes. So, I, yeah, it, it was, you know, it was special and it was it was good. I en- I enjoyed it. I had a fun time. Mhm. So, next time. Yes. Did you see what I picked? I did. So next time, it's my turn, obviously, as I just stated. We are going to watch The Deadly Assassin, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Peter Pratt as the Master, and Angus McKay as Barossa. Barossa? I'm sure it's pronounced not like that. And um, (laughs) this companionless serial was directed by a new favorite of mine, David Maloney, who directed The Mind Robber. I told you if he directed more, we were going to be watching them. So here we are. And it was written by Robert Holmes, who wrote 73 episodes over his life. Yes, from 1968 to 71, 73 to 79, and 84 up until the year he passed in 1986. So this is definitely not the guy who's going to be writing for season 10. No, definitely not. Okay. Okay. 
Um, very excited. I believe, and I kind of tried to do some research because I saw there was no companion, and they said this is the first Doctor Who serial without a companion. Interesting. So I thought we would check it out. I'm sure that is not completely accurate if you go, well, technically. So, I mean, we'll <laughs> see. We will see. So, I'm excited. Yes, I am also very excited. Um, so you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Just search The Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at Team Hate. You can follow Taylor on Twitter. At Apex Buddha. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just search The Podcastica and look for the Gallifrey in writing. And rate and review us as well. Huge shout out to the Y-Axes. They do our music and we appreciate them for, you know, letting us use their tunes. You can check them out on the yaxes.bandcamp.com and they're also on Spotify and head on over to notlg.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our podcastica shirts. They have little cartoon images of me and Taylor on them and it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yep. And uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash notlg and donate some money to our little network here. We got something for everybody, and uh, just donate a dollar a month. We would appreciate that. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And that's it for us this week on Podcastica. Join us next time as we review The Deadly Assassin, and we will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. And that no- noise they made. Brrr. Blah, 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 blah.